Can you see this? Can you see my thumb? Ooh, let's see here. I can't. I'll be honest. I don't see anything wrong with your thumb. Let me see. Oh, is it? Oh, ooh. Look at that. That's a that's a big old blister there. Heck of a blister, isn't it? Yeah. What's uh, what's the old chef doing these days? What's the old? Uh, it was of... nothing too stupid. I didn't know I was head making chili. Head of the. I don't know. I was making some oatmeal in the microwave. Yeah, I was making the kids some oatmeal. Yeah. Right? And he's put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds, right? But it was this ceramic bowl. It's like a Christmas bowl with Santa Claus on it. And apparently it heats up really fast. Oh, wow. And it was 30 seconds. It was like just reheating some old oatmeal, you know, just to... And it just, I grabbed it and it hurt like the dickens. It was like, it has only been... It was literally 33. I pushed the same note. I don't push 3-0. I push 3-3 to save time. So I do. If I need a minute, I do one, 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 two minutes, two, two, two. Anyway, so it was literally 33 seconds. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. You you refuse to press different buttons? A different I don't refuse. I just usually push. If it's three minutes, three, you know, three, three, three. Is what I usually do. I sometimes trip myself up over. In my head, I have this, this theory that the microwave is not on the same. It's not going to know what time I want. So sometimes I'll be like, what if I just put 99 in there? What would it do? It's like, it's 99 seconds. And then I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. And then how does it count down? Although sometimes defrost, you ever try to defrost something, they want the weight? Oh, defrost. They you need ever it. have just a chunk of something? It's like, I don't know the yeah, weight. Yeah, they need the read. And it scrolls across like, wait? It's like, I don't know. And I pushed 5.5. Five. It's like 5.5. And he's like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's 5.5 pounds. You push it, and it's like 90 minutes. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, and then you got to gauge when it's, yeah. Uh, I didn't know we were both uh, microwave illiterate. Anyway, you got the ceramic bowl in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's about it. I didn't okay. heat it up really quick. I didn't know ceramic. Because I, I put. I don't think you should put that bowl back in the microwave. No, I, I mean. I've used mugs, I've reheated drinks and mugs and stuff, and it's never, it's like literally, I was going to post on Instagram today, but it hit me as like gross. Instagram's for like all your cool, it's on Twitter if you guys want to see. Yeah, go to Twitter. Should I not post on Instagram at all? Instagram has more aesthetic. Photos and dogs and... You know, people like nice photos over there. People don't want to see your blister. When did this happen, by the way? This yesterday. Yesterday. That's so still, it's still. I know it's like a serious white. It looks. It looks, like a, it looks like a fluffy pillow on the pad of my thumb. It doesn't what hurt. Your, uh, yeah. But it's like it hurt for an hour, and then it just started. Like you could tell, it's going to turn into a cool looking blister. Did you show your wife? Oh yeah, she. I mean, yeah, she's. Yeah. She's like, who knew about that bowl? I'll post a picture of the bowl. Post and if you guys want to see, the uh, listener wants to see, it's on X slash Twitter. There's a picture of it. Why did, why did they do that, by the way? That was one of the, it, what? they changed the name, Twitter. Elon Musk's company, SpaceX, he wanted to have it under one umbrella. I, th- I mean, I think that's it, right? It's stupid. He had, it's on par with, uh, I hate I hate so much how HBO changed their, their oh, yeah. to Max. I'm still kind of confused about what that is. Well, it's just a name change, right? Oh, and they have commercials now. If you don't pay for a certain deal, you have commercials. Okay. So what was the big thing about HBO 
it was back in the day. No commercials. No commercials. Premium yeah. cable. I remember, you remember being a little kid, maybe on a family right. vacation, you pull into the hotel oh, and it's yeah. the marquee or the sign or whatever you call those things. Swimming pool and HBO. And that's yeah. what you look for. I've had both. That was going to be a good Hopefully get some RoboCop going. You see some Terminator. Yeah. Or, so, yes. Maybe would something your parents would let you watch because it's on TV that you wouldn't normally watch at home. But that they had that brand, this whole generation of people, and they changed it to Max, which is a way, sounds like a power setting on a hairdryer. It is. Or a lawnmower. And there's commercials now. So it's terrible. You want to rewatch The Wire or The Sopranos? Hope you like 15 commercial breaks in between. Speaking of Max, uh, there's a show that's kind of a each season's kind of its own thing called True Detective saw the first season loved it didn't watch second and third bad reviews fourth fourth season just came out yeah. uh, the wife and I do subscribe to the uh, to the HBO Max that you so uh, you know you took down you took down it was a takedown um, and I saw all these great reviews so I was excited for the fourth season we sit down and watch we usually don't watch a lot of TV together she watches shows much faster than I do Yeah, my little fly brain just can't focus for more than three minutes at a time anyway um watch the episode halfway through i asked myself this question not out loud just to myself am i a miserable grumpy old guy now because you didn't like it i didn't really like it all that it's it's fine i think there's some promise but i was like I was kind of getting into my literary mind. I was like, there's too many characters being introduced. There's a, uh, it's too confused. This is, yeah, yeah, critique this is the, the story. And then I was like, if this was a book, I would, ugh, this would never get published. Like, I, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. What am I, a book editor? What do I have? No, that's, the mind? that's a useful skill to take to. It's not useful, I think. No, I think it's useful. Plus, the listener can tell I'm sick, so I should just be like mindlessly enjoying this. And well, yet, here I am. It's not right? good. It's not good, right? The dialogue's kind of weird. Yes. And then I and then I got on on the internet and I was seeing about other people were like, you know, people that saw some of the same cr- critiques that I had. It's not getting good reviews. It made me feel a little validated. It, initially, though, the 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 main critics, you know, the. Uh, the people that make money, they were giving the good reviews. And then and then once it aired, it kind of got bad reviews. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, they get all the episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, you know, and maybe there's some shady stuff. The critics love it, but the people hate it. Sometimes that means it's good ahead of its time. Sometimes maybe, maybe the critics just kind of know which way the wind's blowing. Maybe it's better. Most people you talk to will say, don't trust the critics, just trust the audience. I am staunchly opposed to that view. I don't know if you feel the same, but I feel like those like group, the the audience reviews, I never trust those. It does depend because people eat up Marvel movies and critics loved Arrested Development and it got canceled. I never trust the audience reviews. The critics' reviews get me wrong too, but the audience reviews, I could chuck those into the sea. For yeah. All Although sometimes people just, like the first season of True Detective, people kind of generally think it's great. And that's pretty solid. It kind of is. Yeah. You know what's weird? Mm. That you brought that up? 
What's that? You know what I'm watching for the first time ever right now? What watched the watch? first episode last night. What are you watching? Season one of True Detective. Oh! Yeah. I had known about it for a while. I don't know if you remember, okay. I nominated The King in Yellow. Yeah. Which is supposedly based on the wife, because of the new baby, she's got a, a weird, it's not insomnia, but she's up at odd hours. Yeah, yeah. So she's like going on a roll, watching stuff. She's watched, she's up to season three of True Detective. Did she like season one? She loved it. Okay. Right? And, but she's telling me, and, and I'm like, I have a weird thing now that I have kids. Like I don't, Gone Baby Gone's my favorite Dennis Lehane novel. Yeah. But there's so much gruesome stuff to do with kids in there. I don't think I'm going to yeah. read it until I'm like 50. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I I knew, I, so I had my wife tell me like, okay, if you, you screen it for me, and I've been meaning to watch this for a while. And if it's okay, if it's not going to just hit me too hard, like gruesome stuff with kids or what, like that'll just, you know what I mean? Okay, just yeah. like, uh, hit heavy. If it's okay, give me the go ahead. And she's like, I think you'll really like it. So I watched the first episode last night. And? It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's two dudes are good. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite. Uh, it's intense. It's heavy, kind of a, it is intense. I do enjoy that it is just one season. Like miniseries. The other seasons that have no, I don't think have any correlation to the other seasons. Different actors, different creators, that kind of stuff. But so we got here by way of oatmeal. That's exciting. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, maybe I'm cranky oatmeal? about H- HBO because of my my thumb. Yeah. But hey, we should read The King in Yellow at some point. Maybe. Do a tie-in between True Detective. We can see what people. That show was on a while ago, but you know we can discuss it. It's back in the in the pop culture circle because of the new. It takes place in Alaska. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Anyway. And on that note, welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and oatmeal. Peter, <laughs> joined as always by Matt. Matt, it is the time of colds, both mm-hmm. bodily and nature. I don't know. Outsidely. Uh, outsidely. It is uh, this morning where we uh, did the fine town that we live in. I believe when I started my car this morning, it said negative 16. Mm-hmm. About then, wind chill was around negative twenty five. Um, great time, great time to be outside, and uh, yeah, I would rather, especially with the cold too. The body just didn't know what to do. I think it kind of shut down. Um, good, to, it's good weather for staying home and reading. Yeah, we are back after a little. We did a, I think our last episode we recorded is over on our Patreon, where we nominated some books for a new thriller corner. So this is kind of might be one of our newer ones for our uh, wider audience. But Matt, we are discussing our long story tradition of Harry Flashman. And it's the fourth book in the Flashman series, Flashman at the Charge. Um, Where do you want to start? Because I had, and I think when I saw your post on Instagram, when you, you do these little posts where you're like, I'm getting my research in. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I kind of want to start here because I think you, you'll kind of agree with me. And my opinion is, after having only read the first four, I might say start, if you've never read any of these books, start with four. I think you could pull that off, yeah. I, I don't think it's too wild of a thing to just start with four. It's kind of, it's kind of my favorite on rereading them all. It, yeah. It's my favorite. Um, yeah. It is... 
just a general overall feeling for me is I appreciated just the, I don't know. It felt like he was hitting his stride a little bit. It felt more like it had a direction. And I mean, there's still like Flashman is still Flashman. Obviously he seemed a little bit less reckless than normal. It felt more like a historical novel with Flashman sort of, does that make sense? Does yeah. That, he's not. They always kind of are. Yeah. Kind of the fun. And it's interesting reading this on the tail end of Burr. Because I think they're similar in the fact, like they're real historical. I think George MacDonald Frazier went out of his way. And that's the purpose of the footnotes too, is to kind of let you know, this is other than like Flashman. Yeah. And maybe some other characters. It's all true and they're all real people or plausible like plausible renderings of the people of that era so it's pretty accurate minus the actiony stuff yeah um right. and it gave I don't, these books always kind of make me want to like research a little bit more into like the time frame and this one especially during the crimean war or i know the name of i don't really know and this book doesn't go into like the, the causes of it it's may, mainly just like one battle sort of time frame but it made me kind of go down a rabbit hole of learning about the crimean war going on the wikipedia page looking up books finding books that i can discuss you know some books i kind of want to you know at some point maybe in my life read about uh the crimean war uh leo tolstoy wrote i think he was in um svespool i don't know if i'm svespool he wrote um a kind of uh, an account uh, from the Crimean War from there. Did not know about that. Um, but it made me just kind of, the whole book was engaging, entertaining, but also it had, like for kind of history lovers like ourselves, kind of made you go, oh, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about that. Uh, while also enjoying the novel. Did you did you have that same feeling? 100%. Okay. 100%. Well, the, the whole, the the goes on a little tangent about when Flashman's kind of being held hostage in Russia, what's now Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, Imperial Russia and the, the, the surf uh, master relations, the whole, what the Cossack culture was mm -hmm. and all that stuff. That was fascinating. Uh, I liked, I liked the, and then when he escapes or runs away and then gets carried to what's Tajikistan now. Yeah. That whole the bandit culture and the horse nomads, like that whole that whole thing was fast. The whole second half of the book was fascinating to me. Was it true that Russia was going to try to get to India? I think there were plans circulating, and it never came through. Because that I, was some of the plot lines that he like overhears. It's uh, well, it's like how Napoleon was supposed to invade England. There were plans drawn like, up, and never happened. But it was there were plans. So, you know what I like about these? These are kind of. These are like James Bond. I want to say novel. I've never read the novels, but these are like James Bond stories, but I like them better than the James Bond stories. Did you say Except that? Our agent is a coward and not a hero, but he's a British agent whose adventures take him all over the world. And he, but for like three or four pages at a time, it'll just be a straight up, like a, an account of a like terrible battle. And you won't know, you won't get the sort of the wink, wink Flashman stuff all that much, mm -hmm. like maybe a little bit. And then you'll kind of get back into Flashman. But like there's a there's a, one of the early battles in this book is just like this is 
a really well done depiction of you know war basically and then i and i think this is kind of a running theme throughout these books is the incompetence of the mm-hmm. higher ups basically in military that's not yeah. that's not this isn't the first time uh he's kind of detailed that and this is all based around something that i feel like if we have british listeners would know more about and would be more taught in like their history um the the charge of the light brigade and sort of the the story behind that and it that's kind of the selling point of the book i would say is flash Matt, this sort of infamous that's charge that's charge idol comes from that yeah um i don't know where i was going with my thoughts but just the fact that he can kind of balance many different things Mm-hmm. Uh, Frazier in this one, I I felt I don't know. I didn't see Flashman was never. I don't know. It just felt a little bit different than the other ones in a slight, very slight way, and that which made me feel like you could kind of ease your way into this. He like Flashman's not at his worst. I'll put it that way. Oh, right? as far as his moral character, except yeah. he throws a lady out of the. She does. Yes, He's still Flashman. <laughs> like. Um, and then one of the great. Um, almost it remind me of like Mel Brooks, where he has gas, basically. Yeah, that's what him. starts off the Charge of Light Brigade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's flat bad champagne. Yeah. Uh, which I was like, oh, this is straight out of Mel Brooks, basically. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the fun of the books. But um, I don't know. I just thought it combined all of the elements that we love of these books into like a really well-told story um did I, I i yeah i would kind of say if someone knew maybe start with this one although there might be you know further books might you could start there yeah. oh you know i i i started with the royal flash i like the others but this is on rereading this is the fourth one we've been through this is probably my favorite it's hitting his stride everything's coming together the plot moves you along to at least three different you get some of your, your initial shenanigans in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, charge of the Light Brigade. How cavalry and artillery gets, moves He around. gets his, like, he has to be in charge of um, the sort of royal. Her nephew to Prince Albert. Yeah. Victoria, like royalty. It, and that's it, like a typical Flashman has to, you know, his, his reputation is not accurate in the, you know, the wider sense of the like society they always think of him as someone his reputation yeah as a hero um, and we which know is incorrect that we know and so you have that sort of it's kind of humor i guess um but then from there of course flashman survives charge of the light brigade um and then held, hostage. held hostage by the russians it's kind of guy escapes does so throw think- a a woman out of a carriage. Well, hold on. Let's see. So you get the 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 war, the yes. Russian British, the Crimean War stuff. Charge the light brigade. He's taken hostage, and like a gentleman prisoner hostage. Yeah. It's a flashman shenanigans. But we're in Imperial Russia. I think in what's now Ukraine. Yeah. And then there's you know you get surf uh, landlord relations. That's true. That. That's true. That's actually very, yeah. That was it's fascinating. There's yeah. a there's a revolt. He has to run away with another. We uh, a British officer who's kind of reminiscent of uh, what's his face Hardy, or hmm. 
the guy from the first one. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, who's a very can-do, you know, uh, brave British soldier out of like old fiction. Yeah, <clears throat> it's fun to see Flashman contrast with him. But then we go to the steps to uh, there's like. He gets kidnapped by a cold and calculating. I think it was a Bond villain, which is where the Bond thing came from, right? Uh, a real guy, the Count Ignatius, right? And then we're in the steps of Tajikistan, and he hangs out there. So there's three distinct phases of this book, and they kind of weave together seamlessly, and they're each kind of fun, entertaining, informative, like just a, a, the perfect mixture of this stuff that I like in good historical fiction. I do. I mean, I, I always, I kind of wonder, like, does he? I wonder how Fraser like constructed these stories in a way, like, does, how much? Because in some way, you can almost just do the the Crimean War stuff. Could it could have been its own just like book in the series? But then to like add this other stuff, I think is interesting because it kind of flushes out some of the back or some of the like the setting almost of the, of the book of the book. Um, which is, you know, kind of just mixed for a richer reading experience. But um, I wonder. You go ahead. But no, I'll, go ahead. Well, I wonder if for George Frazier, kind of once he got going with this, it seems like he, he's obviously very into history, the history buff. I wonder if he just has a timeline of here's Flash, how plausibly Flashman can live. What am I interested in here? And he kind of figured out a way to to put him in there because he's at later on, he goes on John Brown's raid. Mm. Uh, you know, he, uh, what else does he do? He's in the, he's in a, for one of the rebellions in China. He's at the big, the, the, whatever I blank on what they call it. The mutiny, the big mutiny in India. He's at all these places. And this one just seems like George McDonald Frazier did a deep dive on Imperial Russian history. And he can throw Flashman in there because the timeline's perfect. Flashman's in his thirties or forties. Yeah, it, it, I just, think some of the joy is like, how do we get him here? Like, like yeah. in my head, maybe that's where Frazier's just like, how do I get him? That's what I mean by the timeline, him? right? Yeah. It's like, he'll he'll mention how he kind of hung out with Robert E. Lee, like he was in the American Civil War, because that's within Flashman's lifetime. Right? Uh, so. I didn't know, because when I was doing some of like, just not maybe so much research on the book, but just sort of the events that are depicted in the book. But the Crimean War kind of has this, it's kind of, I think it starts eight years before the Civil War in America. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a huge toll of light. Like, it, it's, I guess for us, maybe we just hear about it. I don't think it's taught in schools, but maybe as like a side chapter or something, maybe. No. Um, a lot of people died. It was, it lasted, I want to say three years. Um, the Charge of the Light Brigade, there's a famous poem that I have here on my phone. Did you look up the poem by Tennyson? No, I vaguely remember the poem. Yeah. Which I didn't realize when I was reading it. I could read it, but it's not terribly long. Um, that one of, I think one of the quotes is the in the first, in the second part of the uh, poem by Tennyson, in Saving Private Ryan, I think they quote this poem. Oh. Um there's a part that goes, um, there's not to make reply. There's not to reason why there's not, there's but to do and die. Oh yeah. Remember when they're like walking with their, in the, the kind of the smart guy, he doesn't, he's 
has a typewriter asking them like the bond of brotherhood. Oh, when he quotes, and he goes, da, 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 da. "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, the bond of brotherhood. Um, there's another poem, I believe, where the term and it comes from this battle, the thin red line, mm-hmm. which is now a like a very it it basically refers to a thinly defended like stretch of like you know uh, soldiers. I did not realize that that came from this. That's not Tennyson, I believe. Let me pull that up. Um, I didn't realize that. So it was kind of just fun to um, kind of be like, oh, I didn't realize all these things kind of tied together in a way. Yeah, it came Um, from – well, you know, I'm kind of – I like old photography, like books of like those original photos. Yeah. You know, the black and white ones when it just it was a new technology. Uh, some of the first ones, I have a, a book of like the really old war photos. It's mostly the American Civil War, but some of the, the very first photos are from the Crimean War. Really? Balkans. It's, it's really cool because it's so long ago now, but you see like actual people and their eyeballs and you can kind of more visualize being there. It's kind of, I, I like stuff like that. I'm kind of that is interesting, but you know, but it, that all the some of the original photos that were ever taken were from the Crimean War. Huh, interesting, did not know that. Um, one other thing about the Tennyson poem, he writes it on December 2nd, it gets published December 9th. Quick turnover there, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore, yeah. And it was a couple of months after the actual battle, which I think is interesting if you think about just how stuff was processed by like culture. 150 or 200 or 150 years ago mass yeah yeah instead of like a movie being made or maybe even a song at some point would have been made or like a propaganda even like a poem poem was just published and that could make it a cultural yeah uh you were you know lines in the poem still you know resonate with people today i just thought that was interesting that it was i think one in six of the um Soldiers died or were wounded, and I think some of them got through the line. Like Flashman came back, and they were like, "Where's the heavy brigade?" <laughs> like the whole the whole part of that, you know, the light brigade went on a charge that was like they were basically sent to get massacred, and yeah. they were supposed to get like reinforcements. They don't appear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I knew more about sort of like the the figureheads of British, like uh, military command. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, maybe I think if you know who some of these people are, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, you know, the, like the backstory, and you can anticipate it. But even going in with like not any knowledge about who some of these like, and I kind of googled them. I was like, oh, they're kind of famous figures in in mm-hmm. British military, but um, I don't think you need that so much. It doesn't no. take away anything from the reading experience if you don't know who yeah. some of these figures are. Um, other other favorite parts, Matt? Other things that as books on the whole succeed at? Anything? Well, I wanted to ask you, is this an anti-war book? Oh, that's interesting. Because Flashman gets on some pretty good rants, especially in the first half when he's criticizing Raglan. 
in cardigan a bit and just the 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 upper british military and politicians in general i've always felt there's been an anti-war tint to all these books Mm. and he's a hero but he's always been he always says i'm an undeserved hero well we know he's a coward and his motivations spring from self-preservation i think it's one of the brilliant things about this character is he can say things that uh, here if he were just a gung-ho even like you know like a james bond type who does everything for king and country it's he he won't be he wouldn't criticize these people as much so you can have a guy plausibly be in the action and a soldier but willing to say these things because we know he's a coward but a lot of this stuff like i have a couple quotes here is like oh that that rings true but a, a traditional hero in one of these novels wouldn't say stuff like let me see you want to do your duty as a soldier should but you should but you see it can't be and you can take pride in what you've done already all of you can and that's a soldier talking to flashman and this flashman i thought a few patriotic words wouldn't do any oh that's flashman for playing up his image for me uh i thought a few patriotic words didn't do any harm you're all stout fellows all of you england is proud of you and then as an aside, and we'll let you go to the poor house in time or sell laces on street corners, I thought to myself. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's a, a lot of it's like the hypocrisy of yeah, the rah-rah-rah and then rah, rah, the war's done. These you see what happens to soldiers once the are, war's done. Or just cast aside. Yeah. Every single happen. war. Like, every yeah. single war happens. There's veterans with troubles. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, and then this is Flashman comparing himself to the upper crust British people. Mind you, I'm harmless by comparison. I don't send them off stuffed with lies and rubbish to get killed and maimed for nothing except a politician's vanity or a manufacturer's profit. I mean, that's yeah, that's John Reed <laughs> uh, stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I think you could very easily say these are anti-war books. I think so, especially set during like adventures and war. Yeah, well, uh, better way to just you know, slip that stuff in there, you know. It's yeah, it's almost it's yeah, it's a fun, it's kind of interesting, interesting thing to think about. Like, how do you how does Fraser construct these seeming? They're just seemingly like on the outside appearance, just like fun, like crass, like oh, kind of sometimes silly books but they have this they have this thing where you're talking about where they have this like inner core or where it's historical fiction but also commentary on yeah other bigger things than just sort of flashman yeah uh, ridiculous and you know what i think makes them work i'm thinking about this fiction in general i think that's not when i say it's an anti-war book i mean it's just kind of there's anti-war stuff in there that's not the underlying theme of the book it doesn't just dwell on it Right. It's just part of it, right? Yeah. And Flashman is all one of the key things here is Flashman never gets too good. He doesn't go against type. You know, he 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 remains the same. It's not moralizing. There's anti-war elements. It's very historically accurate. You trust Frazier that he's like basically all this stuff has happened as is. And then with he also like just those flashman like thinks of these things it adds a depth to him that's not just this exactly it, one or two note type character where it's just he's just ridiculous right mm-hmm. yeah he provides commentary um 
about like the absurdity of his life, his, his actions and sort of, um, I don't know. That's, I knew that was going on when I was reading the book, but yeah, you put it, yeah, you say it out loud. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. That's another brilliance of the, the conceit, right? Or the structure is he's an old man writing all his, you know, reminisces. So it, it's plausible. He's a little older and wiser, right? He can look back on his younger self, you know, kind of tell it truthfully, but that's kind of, I think I bring this up every time, but PG Woodhouse said, this is like the one time he was like, I don't think he said jealous, but he had that moment of, I was glad to be present at the creation of something beautiful. When I read Flashman, hmm. is this just another author knowing like, Oh, that's good. You can go a lot of places with that, with that construct, right? A coward who's seen as a hero in adventure books. It's just like, Oh, this is brilliant. You can do whatever you want here. Because what we're talking like what his quotes about stuff is like it's very high minded stuff, right? Very like mm-hmm. okay, this is like almost like it's like serious, right? Yeah. But then it's countered, so the books can't just be taken on that value with him farting and starting like the charge. Yeah, exactly. Or his womanizing, or his you got X Y and Z, or throwing a, a young woman out of a carriage. I think she dies, right? Like no, no, she didn't die. Oh yeah, yeah, they were being chased. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to get caught, and they needed to like lose some weight to so the horses would go faster because they're riding a sleigh through the snow. And so he throws the girl out of the the sleigh. It's in keeping with his, you know. But that's I guess my original point was like that's what makes it good fiction is like all this stuff kind of comes together Mm -hmm. to be this whole thing. And a lot of times, I think a lot of modern critics want to boil stuff down to. Was the protagonist good or bad? Is this a good or bad world? Is it an yeah. anti-war book? Is it this? And like with anything, like like a cake, you like cake, Peter, right? Okay. Like pastries. Yes. Like a good cake will have all all sorts of ingredients, and it'd be silly. Like you go get this really fancy cake, right? And there's notes of strawberry and the frosting, and it's like, is there cream cheese in that frosting? I hint yeah. vanilla. It would be stupid to go like, is this a chocolate cake or a strawberry cake? You know what I mean? Like just to try to break it down like that, it's like you're missing the point is like all these ingredients come together. And when it's done well, it's something, it can be something outstanding. So trying to boil everything down to its essence doesn't really work. You can just hit, maybe, maybe it's better criticism to try to catch notes of everything and to okay. kind of, if it's well constructed, you can kind of be in awe of like, that's a really well constructed thing. And you can kind of see how it's instru- see a mar- like like you're looking at an old castle or something. Yeah. Like that's well constructed. You don't have to deconstruct it or destroy it to appreciate it and be like, man, they really they really built that well. Also, the creation of Flashman, I think we've talked about this before. It's not he's not getting this isn't getting published in 2024, right? Oh no. Um, no. But it is enjoyable to read like bump shoulders with a character. That you don't agree with, you know, if this isn't like, oh, the whole point of these books is you agree with our main character well, that, or know. or you disagree with him every t- time. There are moments where you're like, oh, God, Flashman, come on. And then your mom's like, oh, that's. Okay. Well, you can so see what the qualities are there. Yeah. Or you're like not along. I agree with some of his politicals, the anti-war. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's well said. And you can see it coming with the uh, <coughs> with the slay scene. Yeah, he throws the girl out. 
<clears throat> when the driver says like we need to lose like we need to lose some weight and it doesn't occur to flashman he's there's a page of him scrambling around but in the back of your mind you're like oh no he's gonna because you kind of know before flashman articulates yeah. it like, i think he's gonna do it i'm like yep sure enough but that's what's fun i mean but that's not I don't know. Maybe that's just, that shouldn't be the point. I think that's kind of one thing about like modern critical discourse that kind of bugs me the most is trying to boil everything down to, but the protagonist is bad. So what does that say about you, the reader? It's like, that's so basic. Like we don't need to, you can appreciate these books and you know, the point, you know, George McDonald Frazier isn't like Flashman, you know, he's clearly using this to build a story and to take, you know, his books to different places and show a different show these events in a different light through the protagonist being flawed as he is or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I kind of like want to get away from that sort of good. Is this good or bad? Does this make people be good or bad if you read it. That's not. Well, it's, the, you know, we've kind of dabbled it and we haven't done it like so much lately, but we've just like the, the book, like the author sets up a book where like it, it'll only succeed if you're like oh i agree with this character's point of view and yeah, that's yeah. the whole book mm-hmm. and that's boring and that's sort yeah. of silly in a, lot, in a lot of ways where it's like oh you agree with me right oh yeah. and then the, and then the praise comes <clears throat> from that so because it's, it's making yeah it it's making the critics kind of feel like good people because they agree with the protagonist. And you just gotta do a simple. It's just gotta be very simple. It can be. It's a very easy exchange between author and critic. It's not art. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, a very easy handshake, and it's like, oh, okay, we agree. Okay, good. Just give me a good review, and then. And uh, it's usually sometimes it's the thing where they uh, the protagonist just wanders around wondering why everybody's such a bad person. Yeah. You know? Why is everybody in the world so such a bad person? And that's not interesting, um, you know? That's it's true. Um, I had something else to say. Yeah. I'm kind of diving into criticism. Because I don't think the point of, yeah, books and art is to just be like this easy, just point at good things and be like, oh, we agree. Okay. But then huh. what happens when yeah. you don't agree? That's yeah. never like... Or... Right? There's no... You agree on one thing, but never ask what what are their thoughts or opinions on others. Yeah, it just uh, drives me nuts. Well, good art can take it like a person you in theory disagree with, and you create a plot, you know, like a, a yeah. good story. You create a plausible rending of these people you disagree with, and then you kind of realize towards the end, oh, maybe they were, maybe they're not all wrong. Maybe they have a point. You know, maybe life isn't black or white, or whatever it is. Uh, Oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Or they kind of trick you where like they pull you in and the whole and you kind of realize at the end the whole time, like, oh, have I been rooting for the like, have you ever watched The Sopranos? No. It's interesting, like rewatching that, like because I watched it when it came out or in college and just the whole thing is like, oh, cool. Mob show. I like it. It's enjoyable. It's, you know, people stealing and shooting each other and eating, eating Italian food. You know, whatever. It, yeah, yeah. So watched it a second time through, and by the end of it, you realize like this is kind of a they're the villains. They're not really romanticized the whole time. You've been kind of seeing the villains the whole time, and you're just so used to the sort of uh our way of storytelling 
that you you see you don't you don't quite see it and then at the end everything kind of just it, it hits you like oh that's kind of neat you've been in the the quote unquote bad the bad guy's head or their perspective the whole time and it's been building it for the whole the whole series I like that I yeah I don't know if I can like watch that show at this point just because it's been so much in the cultural you could you'd like it yeah probably would. don't overthink it it's enjoyable I just uh, final point on this I just I don't think books should be praised to the high heavens when it's very clearly it's like hand holding right yeah uh, there's no depth there's no where there's where you you're like grappling with it you're like i like that and that's kind of that makes it it's just sometimes i feel like it's just too easy it's too like paint by the paint by numbers sometimes with um like they know which things are going to work and it's just very maybe a lot of editors or have their hands in it or i don't know maybe that's just the only thing that sells i don't know but yeah or i think a lot of what can be published I don't know. I think a lot of the more interesting stuff nowadays comes out in genre fiction. You know? Or I'm reading this book. Uh, it's the only library book I have currently checked out. It's called Keros by Jenny Erpenbeck. And it is this like love affair, basically. But it's very uncomfortable. It's not like clean cut. One of the characters makes like he becomes one of the he becomes basically kind of like this villain. But it's the whole story, like she never takes easy way out so far from like, I'm like, oh, I'm assuming this will happen. And then it's like, no, they're staying together. Okay, that's interesting. And it, it takes place during the fall of like uh, East Germany. So it kind of has that, but it's very, nothing's easy. It's kind of vulgar. It's it's gritty. It's, um, and so that's kind of, I, I, I realized while I was reading it, that's kind of like why I like to read sort of, uh, books from other cultures because to see how they perceive something where I don't this book the way it's written would not be published in America I, well maybe, maybe, that, maybe not I don't know it was translated and published in America so I can't say that but the, you can always just say oh it's translated from German it wouldn't be one of the uh, or big, yeah big, uh, lit fic things where they push it and it's high-minded and yeah and so um what well, doesn't treat you like a 12 year old no it just makes you yeah. feel I don't know. Yeah, you're you're kind of yeah you you you, you feel uncomfortable with some. I don't know. It's just kind of a more engaging reading experience to have those self making you know decisions on for yourself and not having the author hold your hand. This author does not hold your hand on this book on this uh, Karos K A I R O S. Uh, if people are interested, it's yeah. It's not a book that's. There's no easy like, oh, this is the moral of the book. <laughs> okay. Five stars. Um, but anyway, I do digress. Uh, Matt, any other Flashman ideas, takes, theories, um, overarching points you want to make or favorite quotes, scenes? Oh, I liked uh, when the game's against you, stay calm and cheat. I like that too. <laughs> slogan Flashman says. I, uh, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've not embraced that, but seen the like the merit of that maybe. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's maybe when I was twenty, I was like, no, you can't do that. But then you're like getting to okay. your late thirties, you're like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. What are you gonna do? Put Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Whatever. <laughs> um 
That would be funny, like a Flashman type book of just like a sports guy. Almost in a weird way. I that mean, work, maybe? No. Last episode or last Spotify episode, we mentioned your brother. Yeah. Kind of had a lot of people, interesting stories. We said he's kind of like the Forrest Gump or Flashman in the sense, no offense, Chris. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah. like, they just happen to be there for everything. Yeah. And, and they're not afraid to talk and be like, oh, hey, how are you? You're like, oh. yeah. Or tell a story. Like, Flashman is everywhere. Like, he knows everywhere has been everyone within his lifespan. So you could, you could do this, take like the 1920s to the 1970s. And just, I don't know what kind of profession or something a guy could have. And you just put him there or, I mean, or wherever, yeah. but it's just, it's just a really good concept for, you know, for a novel. And so a Flashman guy, in addition to be, you know, a spinoff character and you Flashman, somebody could also be, you know, like, oh, this guy's just shows up everywhere. But then also like takes down the, this, so like the heroes of sort of history or not the heroes, but sort of the authority. I don't know. It's, yeah. well, it's subversive I mean, in a way that's not, some... that he doesn't really intend. I, I don't think, but well, it just comes out naturally. of him how the story's written. Yeah. His own develop. Like he doesn't, he'll suck. He's a coward. So he sucks up to authority when they're there, but bad mouths them behind their back. Right. You know some similarities to Burr? Not the character, but the novel. The sort of subversive, uh, different look at those in authority, not fawning. Yeah, uh, almost a... Yeah, taking the sheen almost off of it. Not yeah. having like the... the I don't know if, if any of these characters... You know, like the become famous to a point where you have a library named after you and then it's just like all the good stuff. Yep. Instead of just being like, let's tell the actual story and the falls and the and the quirks and the uh, bad well, decisions that they made and the... Yeah. So it leads to... Yeah, it's not... Yeah. It's not like hero worshipping or like... A, like here's the idol that we hold up. Yeah. It's um, and you kind of you trust the author that it's mostly accurate. You know, you know it's fiction, but everything's solid. The history's solid. Mm -hmm. And I think Burr's whole adventure out west, the treason trial, and him trying to to take an army to go down to Mexico City. That sounds like a Flashman type adventure. Oh yeah, that sounds like the type of thing Flashman would get roped into doing. Definitely. I added um, three books. I was looking at the Crimean War. I don't know if these are these have fairly high, highly high ratings or reviews or whatever you want to say. Um, just real quick, there's one called the Crimean War: A History by Orlando Figs. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He has written a lot of books about Russia. He seems to be like a. I realized I'd had a couple of his books on my um, one to read on Goodreads. Uh, and he had written a book about this. I think it came out in 2000, hmm, let me pull it, 2010, I believe. Um, yes, 2010 is when it first came out. So it's kind of like a, a newer history on that. There's one called Hell Riders, The Truth About the Charge of the Light Brigade by Terry Brighton. came out in 2004. This looks pretty interesting. Uh, just kind of that part um, of this, the... Balkava, lava, 
is the battle oh, where this, yeah where this takes place and this is just uh a book 400 page history about that and then lastly i've mentioned this um before it's leo tolstoy uh kind of the, the sebastopol i shouldn't be able to pronounce this because it's in you know current current events uh the, the sebastopol sketches by leo tolstoy uh, observations and conditions and atrocities during the Crimean War, uh, first published in 1855. So those are kind of um, maybe some add-on readings for our listeners and maybe for us too. If uh, did uh, did a book called Tournament of Shadows pop up? It did not. I don't. That is a book. It's like a weird thing. Like it haunts me in certain used bookstores. I always see it, and I'm always like, that seems really cool. It's about it's about uh, the politics, the the spies and geo geopolitical shenanigans between Russia and England in that region, and I always see it. And I was like, I should get this. I want to read this. And it's always like twenty five. It's like ah, a little. I'm always cheap. It's like a little more. But every time I see it, I'm like, I should buy this. I should. I think it's Tournament of Shadows, but it's about this exact thing. It's one of the the, the things I liked about that whole. The plot flashman over here is from the Tsar and Ignatius. The detail, like why Russia would want to invade India to yeah. kind of cut off the source of England's wealth and redirect it there. Like that's the whole, that's the great game. You've heard, you've heard that phrase, yeah, right? Yeah. That's, uh, what, yeah. And, and I mean, Crimean War, why it was started, I don't want to get into it because I have a very loose Wikipedia understanding of why it started. And where it was fought, you couldn't find like two places more in current events than why it started and you know where it was fought. Oh yeah, the Crimean War. Um, so I don't know. Fascinating. It's. Uh, I'm glad I uh, picked up <clears throat> from my my that book haul. What's what's the what's the next one we have in the series, man? I thought you remember. I thought Flashman's Lady was next, and it turns out it's this one. So I don't know if it's. Flashman at the Mountain of yeah, some of this or Flashman's we're going Lady. by publication, like when they were published. We're going by publication. Not uh, chronological uh, the order, right? Publication, yeah. Um, hold on here. So it's either Flashman the Mountain of Light or Flashman's Lady, I'm pretty sure. Because one of the issues is I have a I believe a newer edition of Flashman and the Tiger. And that's the, the problem s- is they're listed in chronological order yeah. or now like, we can't um i got you we can't do that we so flash for freeman freeman freedom takes is is the because that's the 18th it takes place a little after this but it's written third so yeah, yeah. So we gotta just figure out the we'll look up the publishing order. we've done flashman royal flash flash for freedom and flashman at the charge correct yeah. and so it's just the fifth published one which we'll be able to figure out by Next yeah, August. I, yeah. I, yeah, next. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of annoying, though. I don't like it when they change. I think it might be Flashman in the Great Game. I mean, look, there's a couple different. I don't know why I think Flashman's Lady is next. Flashman's Lady in this one, I don't know. Well, 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 uh, well the publisher was uh, more consistent in how they listed the books and the. Yeah beginning papers but anyway yeah. is this one of those i i kind of have to restrain myself because it'd be fun just to keep going 
Yeah. Are you still in the mood? Like it'd be like, yeah, let's just read, let's read the fifth one. Let's keep going. Um, kind of. Yeah. I actually checked this one out from the library because you said I had it, and I don't, I cannot find. I'm sure you do. I don't think I do. No big deal. I got. I only gave you the one I had because I had two. I want to oh, just yeah. give you my copy. No, I think you gave me another one. So I have. I don't know. Anyway. Hey, a couple points of business, real quick. Like or like last things about Flashman. Yeah. Uh, Elspeth was cheating on him, right? He pretends not to know, but at the yeah. beginning with Cardigan, she obviously was, and he yeah, just yeah. chooses to, I think, subconsciously block that out. Yeah, how he deals with his personal life is kind of funny. It's it, it is fun. It is funny. It's like a British drawing room comedy yeah, yeah. thing, and it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of obvious he enjoys parts of the domestic aspects with her and his lifestyle and her lifestyle match up in a certain bit. And so they just both choose to remain ignorant of each other's affairs. Now, right? what would be funny is if you flashman the flashman novel and you told a story from is Elspeth, Elspeth, not her, but like one of her friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, where's your husband now? And he's like, Oh, he's. And how much she's, cause she knows too. She knows too. I think they just, yeah. It just works out for what they want to do. She likes being married to a hero and can kind of do her social game. No, she was definitely having an affair, yes. Yeah, there's no okay. question. It is funny how she turned it around on him. He was hiding in the closet. And then she's like, Harry, were you in there with the woman? Like, it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the last one, I choose to believe there's a little footnote when he's with the Cossack guy and there's the peasant unrest and there's those agitators and one of them's names is blank. And then you go to a little footnote and it's like, this is probably a coincidence, but uh, one of Lenin's ancestors was named blank. Oh, I just chose that, to believe that, yeah. it's like, okay, no, I chose to believe this was like Lenin's grandfather or something. Okay. For the purposes of the book. Well, Easter egg. Oh Yeah. So. These are really fun books, and they're they're. I think if you can take anything from our conversation, they're fun. But there there's more to it than uh, just a fun anti-hero romp through history. It's a layer cake. A layer cake. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring up that cake, the pastry thing again. I'm gonna go a lot of pastry analogies in I like that. So that uh, about does it for Flashman at the Charge. A book you could, if you want, if the whole series, because I think we've had people talk like, when, where should we start the series? Should we start at the beginning? I think you could start here. Maybe not the best way. I think I don't think there's any right or wrong way. Uh, just kind of your preference. But this is a very, I feel like Frasier, this, you know, I think that probably is my favorite of the four. If I had a so far, I, yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, start with this one. If you're confused and you listen to this whole thing and you're interested, start with this one. You'll catch up. It You can read them as standalone, too. Yeah, they're not. I don't think you need them. And if you're like, if there were some characters that came back in this book that I was a little bit hazy on, but it doesn't really take too much away from uh, uh, the reading experience. So, um, All right, Matt. We upcoming a book that I'm very... Um, glad that we added to our tbr because i just started re- reading it for the second time and i don't know when we'll get to this so this probably won't be our next episode so if if you don't see on our episode list you don't see this book right after this one don't be upset at me but i'm excited to talk about a question of upbringing the book one yeah. of the dance of the music at the time 
because I just started, I've read the first three books, maybe a year or two, if not, actually longer than that. Uh, and coming back to it, I'm like, oh, these are good. I think I feel like I wasn't in the, I don't know, they're very good. It's a very entertaining, uh, well done story that I made. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to talk about. So now I just wanted to tell you that, Matt. Good. Okay. Me too. Me okay. too. I started it, but I'll, I'll make a point to it. Um, other books that we have uh, on the horizon HHH, The Historian, Poison King. Fellowship of the Ring at some point this year. That'll be fun. So those are just it's not a complete list of uh, the books we have coming up. Master Margarita, we said on a previous episode, we hoped it have done by the end of February. By March Madness. By March Madness. By so. March Madness. Uh, so yeah, those are some of our uh, upcoming books on our TBR. We still have to add a book for uh, January, man. Okay, I got some ideas for that. Okay. And I just want to tell you on air. I'm done with the historian. So, oh, you are. I don't know where that puts you, but I finished. Mm. So, and this might be the first time I have to turn to audio. I did the audio. Okay, I kind of like the audio. I, I gave it a little test run. Yeah, uh, we're doing. Oh, we, we have we have some special audio stuff. Maybe, maybe a special audio. Okay, I like that. You know what's interesting? What's that? That Napoleon audiobook. Yeah, Robert's Napoleon audiobook. The narrator of that also narrate, narrates 4-H by uh, the French guy. Benet? Interesting. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, I know that voice. I've been alternating. It's like, I'm listening to them both. And they're like, oh, I like that. That's a book that I've had done for a while. And that's one of my favorite books we've ever done this. Halfway through it. Okay. I love it. I might have that done. We, okay. That might be our next one. No promises, but I'm halfway through it. It's great. Hey, we're juggling stuff. We're getting sick. Yeah. It's really good. Hold out. We've got a lot of books we're reading right now. It's fun stuff. Uh, get if you're a patron or want to be one, get your vote for old timey golden age mystery in. Yes, like we can do that. We'll pick one here soon if everybody gets their votes in. I like that. Um, a lot of good books. Golden age mystery list there. I'm excited about like all the like. There's five possible ones from the votes now, and I'm excited. It could be any of them. And I'm, happy with any of them so. Me too. Me too. fun stuff all right matt uh another fun week in the books uh we will be back uh, in a week or two probably a week uh, happy reading to everybody we'll talk to you soon see ya